Stephen, would you mind bringing us in in the style of the Tannoy pre-recorded fella off the train? Episode 17. It's the Naked Vocalist Podcast. Stopping at Clapham Junction. <laughs> what was that? It's... Mm? I can't even do it. Mm? <laughs> it's music. Never in doubt now. Uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, was the band I Am Giant. What do you reckon? Cool. How did you... How did you find those? Go he on. is... Ed, the singer, is a client of mine. Right, cool. And uh, and his job... Because they are... They are... They're signed. And they do a lot of touring <clears throat> to um, to promote all their music. Wow. Which means that his schedule is mental. Mm. When they put a tour together, you know, in that stage, it's all about... Getting out there and getting yourself known while still keeping it low cost and profitable. So it means that they keep days off to a minimum. Because otherwise the tour costs go mm. up, you know, the accommodation costs go up. So when Ed goes on tour, they do Australia and Germany and all kinds of places like that. Ace. They put him like, you know, when he's singing pretty, pretty hardcore rock, they put him for 14 dates in a row sometimes, no days off. Bluminate. So he has a he has like a massively hardcore job to do, and he pulls it off every time. So um, so yeah, we, we just spend a bit of time just uh, just keeping him balanced in between shows. But he's a cool guy, and they're a cool band. Yeah, right? it sounds I, great. I wish them all the luck yeah. in that. That you can find them at iamgiant.com. That redirects you to their actual website. Um, that track is called. Why didn't I write that down? Mm. Transmission. It's really nice. And the um, album is called Science and Survival. It was out on iTunes this week. Get on to it. Have it, a little listen to that. That very stuff. Cool. So what we got today then, brother? We've got the one and only Josh Alamu. Shut your mouth. No, I won't. I'm not doing it. I won't do it. All right. All right, then carry on. Jesus. Thank you. Good. Josh is in- just incredible. He's got such a wealth of experience and talents and... Um, we're lucky to have him on the show, to be honest, aren't we? We're lucky to have him as friend, as a, as a friend. Did you want to rephrase that in any other pertinent manner? <laughs> <laughs> the world is certainly jolly lucky for having him in it. Correct. Let's put it that way. But he is a great guy. He's yeah. an amazing vocal coach. His background is um, really, really colourful. He's done so much stuff, got so much experience, and been a coach for so long now. He is... I would imagine he's come across almost everything. Yeah. Um, and he, he's talking about essential skills for an artist. That's it. Covering, covering the, the, the wide range of things. He's got a program called Ultimate Artist in August. And that just covers everything we're talking about in this show. And the great thing about Josh, as, as I said, is, is a wealth of experience and knowledge, isn't it? It's not just... Because some people, especially when they first start out teaching, you, you know your thing. You know your you know your technique or you know your experience. So, like, if you've been a singer and then you go into teaching, you know what you've done so you can use that to teach. If you teach uh, uh, pedagogy, then you know that out and out and that's what you do. 
thing is with Josh, because he's done so much, <laughs> he can hit you with anything. You walk into that singing room and there isn't really a lot that he doesn't, you can't really help with. Absolutely. You know what I mean? He's got a really strong background in technique, but in recent years mm. he's concentrated a lot on style mm. and how to get people to sound a certain way. And he can um, do it himself as well, which is... He is a great singer. And yeah. he always calls himself... He always says, I'm not a singer. Yeah, Josh! Shut your face. You, calm down. You're a singer, brother. <laughs> he, he rocks it, doesn't he? He does, He yeah. rocks yeah, it. He really does. And um, he's, he's really fine. good at choral arrangements as well at ACM. He mm. was choir master um, for a couple of years as well. So he put together some amazing arrangements for those guys. And I know that they enjoyed him. Um, being in that position and and his inspirational inspirational talking yeah. and stuff, so some cool stuff, some cool stuff in the show today. Yeah, so you can you can check that out at ultimateartists.org. That's his program in August. Go and check it out if it's something you're interested. You can go and register and um and uh, go and spend a week doing nine to five singing, no matter songwriting, production, everything. Yeah, yeah, and also something really exciting is he's given us a copy of his Mad About Vocal Style book to give away. So if you if you want to check it out, you can go and Google that, Mad About Vocal Style, Josh Alamu. If you're um, one of those people out there that thinks, that isn't what I do. I don't do style. In whatever sense that means to you. I don't know what style means to you. Do you know what it means? It means something different to me <laughs> than it means to everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Expression, baby. Um, <laughs> we've all got our own kind of idea of what style is. Whatever it means to you and you feel you can't do it, this is the place for you. Absolutely. The book is brilliant. I've read it. It's pretty awesome. It's the one in the, a series of five. So if you want to be in a chance to win it, go along to our show notes page, which is thenakedvocalist.com forward slash podcast forward slash 1717. That's how many episodes we've done. Um, then you'll see the link to join the mailing list and or you can probably spot something on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash TNV questions. Um, you'll spot something on there to join as well. So it, be in it to win it. We'll announce it in a week or two. And just so you know, anybody that's previously on the mailing list will also be in with a chance of winning it. Because we had that question a lot last time. It's like, if I'm already on the list, does that mean I have a chance of winning it? Yes, you do. Absolutely. And also, if you... If you send us a review on iTunes, write a review, you have more of a chance of winning, by the way. It's supposed to be random, Steve. Huh? That's the illusion. Is it an illusion? Is it? Is it's not it? the truth. It's not. It's... Can we edit this bit out? <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, it is random. It Last time we actually just, random. we picked out paper Keep out of a hat. So... Chill out. What um, news have you got, brother? Well, we have big news um, in that we are ridiculously excited to be going to the Vocalize You summer camp to teach not only um, one-to-one lessons with the artists, helping them out with their songs, but we also get to deliver seven workshops across the ten days, um, all related to technique. And um, so we potentially will have a a big group of, of artists working with us and we'll be covering... All kinds of stuff from vowel substitutions, resonance, breathing. But the aim of the game is that it's not boring. Mm, that is the aim. And that's going to be... That's the challenge in itself, isn't hands it? Up, hands up, hands if up. You, if you listen to this now and you hear the word technique, who switched off when I said that word? Hands up. All right, put your hands down. Sorry, mate. Or wake up, either or. Oh, sorry. Yeah, technique can be... Boring. 
You're boring yourself. Listen to you. I am. I can't even look at. I can't even look straight forward. You just glazed over there. <laughs> Are you all right? <laughs> we better get him some smelling salts. So we're going to zhuzh this up, aren't we? We are going to zhuzh it up, and we're just not going to call it technique. Should we just call it like being really great, being the best? That's why we're not in marketing, isn't it? Really. But either way, it's going to be really awesome that the seminars are an hour and a half, so we'll get a chance to meet a lot of people and hopefully make a difference mm. in some people's performances. Um, so we'll keep you posted on that, how that goes um, on the social media sites. Totally. Um, also, I've been looking at some uh, distortion uh, lessons as well. I've been further working with different people in, in the distortion world, yep. grit and distortion. I did a distortion diary on our blog a little while ago, which you guys can check out if you go to our blog. Um, that's where I worked with Jamie Vendera, as he has a particular way of doing things. Tried out his stuff to some success. Um, then I worked with a CVT teacher, Complete Vocal Technique. Mm. They're, they're one of the big techniques in the world. And they um, do work on several types of distortion and teach it. And I worked with a guy called Jerome, and he's in Amsterdam. And he's been doing the CVT technique for about eight, nine years. So he's quite experienced. So we, I'll probably, we'll probably do something on that in, in future podcasts. But it's really, it's a really, it's really wacky learning that stuff. I know this is a little bit off the cuff, impromptu, uh, but in comparison to the two, the Jamie Vendera stuff and the approach, Jamie Vendera's approach compared to this approach, how would you? I mean, I, there's a clear, there's a clear winner in that one. Really, and it's just that. As with all voice training, sometimes things resonate with you more than Absolutely. others. And you know, I know Jamie Vendera has got some amazing, um, uh, like championers for his techniques. And he he does know a lot about voice aside from distortion. So he's a cool guy. And um, but his methods, I couldn't find them as easily. Mm. That's fair enough. It's it's just he would imitate it, and I just couldn't reproduce it at times. Whereas the CBT stuff, because I went to a uh, workshop. A few years ago, actually, and Catherine Sutherland. Sutherland, that's yeah. it. Yeah, she was. She's crazy. She knows her. Onions, yeah, she knows her stuff. And I remember. I remember seeing then it was a very block, step by step process. Is that what this was? Completely. You add things on. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know that underneath to get one of them, it's like you need to be able to belt safely. Right. You know. Mm. And then you need to be able to do the distortion without any sound, like yeah, 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 like that, yeah, 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 like that. So you get like weird air catching phlegm and the back of your tongue and all the parts of your um, vocal tract, and then you can sort of sensically combine the two. Great. And so when you can separate distortion and sound, and control them differently, then actually you do get a really profound result really quickly. And I wasn't abused. Which is really strange. And I, I did learn like three different types of distortion. One was like the ACDC full on out and out rasp. One of them was like the deep roar that you get in like demonic metal music, which was really strange. And then another one was um, like the Stevie Wonder one. Oh, yeah. The Stevie kind of rattle thing. Kind of scream slash. Which is like really like oh, that, that one. Okay, right, you know, like right. he sings in as yeah. Which and you can you can and you often do that one on stage. Or you don't notice really, it. yeah. But you do it in a very high register. But it's where your epiglottis rattles against the high larynx in the back of your tongue. Right. And if next time you do it, I'll, I'll. It's not in Disco Inferno, is it? By any chance? No, it's oh. in Soul Man. Oh right, okay. Oh, just okay. before we hit the final chorus, okay, you, yeah. you do a particular 
epiglottal distortion that right. is particular and um it's uh yeah it's really interesting but maybe one time we'll like set aside some time for it and mm. do an episode because it is interesting really but it's good. really it's really tricky and it has made me realize that distortion is like a technique that is advanced like it takes a lot of concentration it takes a lot of effort your body gets tired doing it you have to be fit and mm. your voice has to be in good condition. Otherwise, it's so easy to get yourself screwed up. Mm. So that that's kind of it. But Brilliant. I'm just trying to work my way around all of the disciplines to see like what works the best. Right, yeah, sounds great. You know? Yeah, so we, yeah, we'll definitely do that sometime in the future. Get a, get an episode on distortion and all of the different things that can help. Cool. Yep. What else we got going on then? Um, not a lot really. Um, what, you, anything in your world? Uh, not, I just finished a great term with Love Soul Hype. That was awesome. Still developing the syllabus. and That's the young to... choir, by the way, guys. Yep. And um, went to a seminar conference in London in uh, the Opera House. For the... That's in Covent Garden, isn't it? That's... Oh, Covent, Covent Garden. Garden. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. For the um, uh, music education services. And there was a lot of talk there. A lot of talk about reach of children, getting music to disadvantaged children, how that can happen. Then on top of that, the funding of those projects and all the organisations involved in it. But the one thing that was missing for me really was the um, was the content. Okay. I sat there, and I'm not being funny, but I sat there all morning just thinking, is there anyone going to talk about what what you do? What you do? Yeah. Because was it a, was it a lot of just making you aware of organisations that are representing yes, an yeah. idea, but yeah. but without any assistance or guidance as to what. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just trying to find a book, actually. Yeah, it's um, so I can get the names just so we know. Yeah, it was a lady called Catherine Zesserson. Is that you said that? Yeah. Yeah, from the Paul Hamlin Foundation. They did loads of research on it. She was the first lady that got up and spoke, and she said that was like, yeah, you, I, I, I love you. She was talking about the motivations because there's a guy, and I am very sorry, but I don't remember his full name. His name is Klaus, and I think he's very, very significant in, the, especially the Paul Hamlin Foundation. And um, he, he he got up, and he's had years of experience, and he's the first one that said about motivation in children and inspiring them to do what they do. And it's like it's all right reaching, and, that, and so that combined with what I heard at the start of the conference about reaching these kids, like, well, if you reach them and you don't inspire them or motivate them to do it in, right, in the right way, then they're not going to stick with it. True. You know? And then I ended up in a, in, a, in a breakout group afterwards talking about talent and development. We could choose which one we wanted to sit in. And, and we, I had a really good chat with, there was a lady from the uh, young... Offenders Institute. <laughs> the Youth Orchestra. <laughs> Similar. And she said, she, it was just great that she brought up about grading. She said, you know, the amount of kids that come to, to us that have got grade 8, but they can't, they can't really play the instrument. It's just, right. And I just thought, and I was like, wow, I thought that was just voice. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in, 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 a lot of, in a lot of public education, it's like trying to find that balance between... Um, between yeah, getting good at something and then just getting good at passing the test. Exactly. Isn't it? It sounds like that's what you're talking about. Mm. You, do, you do see that in not just singing, but in loads of stuff. And it'd be, it'd be great to be able to change some, some, um, some ways of thinking. Yeah. You know, and inspire people to do it because they want to be ace. Exactly. Because one of the questions was, what, what is talent? Because if we've got to, the government have got to measure talent 
and they're, they're p- putting funding into uh, finding talent in this country, musical talent. They need measurements in order to measure whether the money's worth it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the talks was, how do we do that? What's talent? And you know, that's a massive, massive can of worms. But the interesting thing from that was that, as you just said, if you motivate, in my opinion, if you motivate children or anybody to do something, they're going to get, and, and they continue to do it. They stick with it, and because they're motivated, they've got that intrinsic motivation to do it, they stick with it, and they do it week in, week out, they're going to get good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Time spent. Yeah. And it flips the whole education system on its head, which is generally focused on results, as you say. It's, what, do we, what are we focused on here? Getting the pass, or are we focused on the actual doing the thing? And it, it just seems that, you know, the European countries even have just, they 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 smash in the hours and then they get talent at the end of it. Right, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, but it's, it does seem like speaking to fo- a foreign student, um, and I see at ACM as well, the hardest workers are the ones that come in from outside the country. Mm. You know, not rubbishing all the other guys that are there, but it's just that you see uh, just that little more passion from someone that's a foreign student. Yeah. Just because, I mean, their school life is way more hours than us. And they go to school for longer till they're eighteen. Completely different mindset. So it's mindset. all about like, and then they come out actually really skilled and really focused mm. and really motivated and not prepared to waste any opportunity. Mm. You find that, so yeah, that's it. Have a, have a brilliant work ethic, and in fact, I think we cover that in today's episode, don't we? Yeah, a little bit. So. A little bit. Should we get on with that? Yeah, let's get on with that. I felt like we rambled a bit there. Sorry, yeah, that was me and me. Sorry. Are we saying sorry to each other? Or the can you apologise to me? Apologise to me. I'll apologise to everyone out there. And I might write you a letter. <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, Zebedee, clearly, in the room. <laughs> From the Magic Roundabout, bouncing around. So, anyway, we've got Josh Alamu. He, I love him. You're going to love him. Please uh, listen through. He's got so much great stuff to say about essential skills as an artist. And again, if you do want to sign up for his book giveaway, do that and or get hold of his um, program. Please go ahead and get it. On today's show, we have Josh, Josh Alamu, of which we are extremely privileged. Get out of here. Are you serious? Get out of here. You know you're good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> now Josh let me let me introduce you Josh. can I just say if, if um, getting hold of you is, is anything to go by in terms of how good you are you are brilliant <laughs> you are awesome because <laughs> this guy if, oh, we, next podcast we'll do you'll probably be on an aeroplane or something <laughs> flying somewhere because this guy travels but uh, Josh Josh is a wonderful wonderful vocal coach one of the most sought after in the UK and as it turns out getting on for the world at the moment um, as I understand, you started out life as a, uh, a backing vocalist. Is that Correct, true? Man. And you yeah. worked with uh, Bev, Bev Knight? Oh, yeah, man. She's an amazing singer. Isn't I actually she? coached her, actually. It wasn't even backing vocals. I actually, I actually coached her on a show called Just the Two of Us. Oh, wow. And, and that, that's how I got to work and get to know Bev, yeah. Oh, great. And Josh Stone? Josh Stone as well on Brit Awards. Uh, got to work with her, but that was a backing vocals gig. Um, amazing experience. I, I was actually sort of nurtured in the industry by uh, two industry professionals called David and Carrie Grant. Oh, yeah, and, I know them. Uh, some may know them, some may, may not, but um, they, they basically took me from quite a young age, and uh, in fact, I met them at music school, and um, 
they just gave me all these opportunities, man, and just, just you know, loved my voice and, you know, loved what I was about. I loved them. They were great. Uh, and everything I learned about the industry, I learned through them, you know, through years of experience performing, backing vocals, coaching. They gave me all those little steps into the industry in all those areas. They're the people that actually provided that for me and then kind of took off from there, really. Wow. And so you springboarded from there onto training initially in speech level singing that's right which is how subsequently we all met exactly six seven years ago through that channel um and then from then you've gone you've worked on the voice series one and two that's right um pop idol yeah um a bunch of other shows including one of which you and steve had (laughs) coincided on called Don't Stop Believing where you were a coach and Steve had his choir in that competition. That's right. Yeah. Love so choir, man. Yeah. Can't forget them. Can't you forget cannot them. forget them. For me, that was an awesome experience. But uh, I do remember that day, Josh, when you came down because you were, you were moving around all the choirs and giving them advice and, and help um, in That's different right. areas where they needed it, right? Um, yeah. For me, I mean, I don't want to go into it, but I mean, you were the the real side of that show. <laughs> uh, you know, like because um, I didn't other... even get a credit, man. Can you believe really? that? <laughs> did they not put did your not name anywhere? Get, did not even get a credit, man. That's that's what was sad about that. But you know what? I came to learn from doing that. It was humble pie because I was doing all this work, as you said, behind the scenes. But I just had to come to terms with, okay, you know what, Josh, you did your role. You got paid for your role, well, and that's it. Done. Get over it. And Get also, on with it. And and also, you you also came in and uh, inspired uh, a huge amount of people. That's the other thing to think about, right? Because there's no doubt yes. about it. Like you did, you came in, you came to Love Soul that day, and and we had our thing going on. And I like to think that what we do is pretty good. But um, but uh, you know, you came in and just it just gives you experience to everyone in that room and you really do and obviously we're going to go on to more um ego boosting throughout this entire episode but <laughs> but uh but that is this the truth you know and, and you really did bring something to that and everyone who walked out of that will have a little bit of josh with them for the rest of their life so uh Amen. that's one thing to consider <laughs> well let's give them a little bit more uh of josh uh, anyway so moving on from that you are now you have your busy studio in hampstead um you do your um all your business in Malta, including the Rock mm-hmm. School. You have an artist Correct. development program, and you've just released the first in a series of ebooks called Mad About Vocal Style. Correct. I'm officially an author. Officially. Man, do you, do, you, do you get any sleep? <laughs> you know what, bro? It's, uh, it's, it's driven by passion, you know, and uh, I'm just one of those people that can't really stop you know I'm always pushing myself uh, pushing the bar for myself and so therefore I believe in going to a certain place so that you can take others there um, and, and that's all I'm doing you know I, I can never stand and, and mentor someone and go yeah man you should release a record and I've never released anything on my own so I don't know I've, I've found that doing the book is almost like releasing an album it really, really is. You've got to get it ready. You've got to get the image ready. You've got to get, you know, the tour ready, you know, and, and, and that's why the whole traveling thing makes sense. I'm literally touring, promoting this book, um, marketing, you know, management. It's, it's actually very, very similar. 
So whereas I didn't have the passion to be an artist, I really didn't. Um, even though I did it for a while in the, in the band that I was in with David and Carrie, uh, you know, I had a passion to teach. When I, I did my first coaching gig with S Club Seven, and I had to teach uh, Bradley, and it, it just the minute that happened, this thing just happened where I was like, I got this buzz. I was like, man, this is this is what I want to do. Like I'd sung on stage, I'd sung on stage with you know Diana Ross and all kinds of people, and it was great. But this, this was like wow for me, you know. Yeah. And uh, I found it very similar to, to actually releasing an album as an artist would do. You know, funny enough, my, my first teaching gig was little Daniel. He was eight. You get you get an A lister like, to start off with. What? What? Who are you? <laughs> Anyway. I love Daniel. I love little Daniel. He's fantastic. <laughs> he is fantastic. I've I've taken him through the years. Now he's now he's smoking. Absolutely he? smoking. But you know he's he's working in the co-op. <laughs> and that isn't a bad thing. And no, it's not. It doesn't, a bad, it doesn't make Bradley any better. <laughs> Bradley could be working in the co-op now. You never know. Right, it could be. So. It could be. <laughs> anyway. Funny enough, I will say though, Josh, I thought, <laughs> just on the side note, I went and watched um, S Club 7 last yeah. year, last summer. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. But no, there was three of them. It was, um, it was Bradley, the, the blonde, and... Hannah. No, no, no. Joe. 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 Yeah. And, um, and the tall, dark-haired guy. Paul. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, the only one that still really had it, Bradley. Bradley. <laughs> Riffing all over the place. You guys are good, man. You guys are good. That's just so good right now. There we go. There we go. So there's the other ego boost. <laughs> Steve's in charge of ego boosting. Motivation. Thank you. Wow. Wow. That's so, amazing. So, Josh, we're, we're quite lucky to have you on. I mean, amongst so many of your um, talents and experiences that we can draw on, for this, for this particular episode, we... We'd just like to pick your brains on the sort of the, the essential skills that you feel an artist needs in, mm. this, in this day, in this world of music, because it's, it just is ever-evolving and so different to five years ago, ten years ago, and twenty years yeah. ago, that, that we'd just like to get your perspective on, on all that. And, and can you start us off with vocal technique and what you feel... Is the, wow. is the approach as an artist when it comes to voice training? Well, you know what, guys? Um, you, you're right. I think, I think the whole industry, the business side of it is always changing. And, you know, what do you do as an artist when this thing isn't so predictable? It's very, very unpredictable. Um, you know, I've, I've always believed this one thing, and I wrote something on my Facebook uh, post some weeks back, and it, it came out of listening to people talking about vocal technique, right? And some people getting to a point where they actually felt technique was a stumbling block to them. It became such a, a you know, a, a psychological thing, almost like a paranoiaing uh, type issue for them where they, they focused on it so much that actually they weren't free enough to do what they wanted with their voices. They were still in fear um, and, and there's, a whole, there's a whole emotion and intention behind that fear. And, and so I, I just basically started thinking about this issue and 
read something and inspired this quote, and I want to read it to you. It says, vocal technique is you giving your body the ability to let go and step out of the way so that your soul and your spirit can truly express itself. And that's really, for me, what vocal technique should be, you know. So I'm, I'm a firm believer in, you know, I practice... I practice religiously, you know, and it's because it's become a habit. I'm not a singer, you know, I don't go around singing, but I have to demonstrate, I have to show stuff, I have to do books and whatever, so I've got to use my voice to a certain standard, so I have to train. But, you know, it's, it's, it's so that I can actually get to a point where whatever ideas I have in my head or in my heart, I can do it. And that's my motivation for training. And what I started to find was some people's motivation for training is I want to be better than or I want to be accepted by or I want so, so and so to think I'm good or and, and these different types of motivations, I think, cripple us as opposed to uh, elevate us or promote us in what we're doing. And so I think for me, I've come from a place where I've been there. You know, practicing from a point of I'm not good enough, and I've come out the other end and started to practice from a position of I just want to express myself and I just want to be able to do what I want to do, and that's it. So it meant if I made mistakes, it was cool. It didn't really matter. I don't fixate on the mistake. I just use that mistake as an opportunity to learn about my voice and how to to make things even better for myself. So. Um, Whatever technique you're studying, whichever method, doesn't really matter. The point is, practice from a position where you are saying, I want to do it, I want to get my voice to a place so that I can express every emotion, every sentiment that I have within me. And that's it. I don't, I'm not doing it to please anyone. I'm not doing it to be accepted by anyone. I'm not doing it to be, you know, to fit into a mold or a role. I'm doing it just so that I can express myself freely. And I think if you have yourself secured in that foundation, you know, your practice is going to take on a whole new meaning. It will be fun. It will be, it will be enjoyable. It will be, it will be, it will promote you. It will make you feel great, you know, and and all those different things that we're we're always looking for Absolutely. in our voices. Yeah. I mean, with that in mind, Josh, I, I, I totally get what you're saying with the, um, the balance between the technique and the style. In real time, I mean, I, I'm sure there's people, the singers that are thinking, you know, how much do I let go? How much, how much do I um, accept as being okay to be a mistake? You know, in, in, yeah. in real time, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. In, in a global sense, uh, it's, it's can, I can see that it's, we strive to become better in whichever sense, and as long as we're progressing, that's fine. But on a day-to-day yeah. basis, you know, how, how much should people let go? And also, I, I, I want to get your thoughts on, there'd be a lot of coaches listening to this, I'm sure, mm. uh, singing teachers. And do you think that there, maybe the, the, the emphasis of the lesson or mm. their training should completely change in that actually now the emphasis, there's a priority on... The balance between my, my job as a coach is to is to find your balance between how much you care about technique and how much you're allowed to let go. Do you think that's yeah. really important? 
you know, you know what? I, I think it is important, but I think it, it, you have to look at what the priority is. Right. Okay? And I think you, you have to look at what the singer feels they need. So, so I always ask the question, and I, I've only started to do that in the last two years because even my teaching has evolved. Whereas before, I would go, okay, I've assessed the voice, and right, this is mm. what you need. It's going to be done this way. That's just your direction. Boom, done. Right? I come in and I say, what is your vision? What is your, what are you thinking about? What's your ideas? What do you want? You've come to me and I'm, you know, you don't walk into Harrods and go, um, excuse me, it's Mr. Man at the Till. Um, what am I here for? <laughs> no, you find out what it is you want. And if you can't find it, you go to the man at the till and go, listen, I'm looking for X, Y, Z. Could you point me in the right direction? Yeah. And he'll go, absolutely, yeah, here we go, and take you there. You know what? That's so true. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of situations when it comes to voice training where, where someone stands in a room and says, you're the voice coach. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, and I'm like, yes, but, but, it, but it, I do understand what you mean. Like, you, yeah. people, people do kind of hold you in that way, don't they? Of going, absolutely. well, you should know what's right for me. And then, and then you, you might go down a path where they go, well, actually, I don't really like this that much, but exactly. that's how you began the relationship. And, and actually, exactly. I think we all fall foul to that at some point. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. it, and it, it does take a little bit of coaxing of going, no, you must know what you want to sound like. Yeah. So mm. I'll, I'll help you with that if that's okay. And, and then we can maybe discuss about what might be good for your voice and what not, might not. Um, and that's, that's, the fact, that's what I think is so important because, bro, even if someone comes to you and they're like, unrealistic let's just say no you can't judge that but in your mind we always judge anyway so you're thinking oh man this guy's come in and he wants to sound like mariah carey no no okay fine no worries listen to where they're coming from listen to their vision we're there to guide we're there to help nurture them and once you find that they've given you what it is they want you can then assess it and go okay brilliant this that's great but in order to get here what you actually need first is that. Yeah. So once you have that, you will get that. Do you know what I'm saying? So then you can then instill all the right virtues and values into them, which consist of the type of training they should do, how regular it should be, how serious they should be about it, you know, how it works, how practice works, and, and help them to set that vision for themselves where they, they, they can see themselves in their most, if you like, in their most ultimate form. Yeah. And they are working to that all the time. So it's their vision. Otherwise, you know, a, a, a person without vision is double-minded in all their ways. So they're, they're, they're going here, they go to that teacher, and then they come to this teacher, and then they go there, and they, and they actually don't know what they want. And they five years later, they're still in the same boat, all because they didn't have a vision. So... If you need to help them get a vision, then help them get one. So one of the things I do, if they don't have one, I'll go, okay, listen, what you need to do is go away. Don't come back to me until you have done this, this, this. And it's things like, think about what you really love. Think about what you really want to sound like. And think about, you know, where you want to be and da -da -da, what colors you want to wear. And write it all down for me on a piece of paper, make it real, because until it's down physically, it ain't real, it's in your head, it's ethereal, put it down, and then, once it's physical, you can actually 
work towards it because it's physical. And you know what? So, that, that that actually that packaged all of that is great advice for someone sitting there right now listening about mm. and thinking where where are my singing lessons going? Or they might be yeah. about to start singing lessons. Yeah, guys, go go ahead and do exactly what Josh is suggesting. Do you know exactly yeah. that? I've done the same thing, Josh. And do you know the, one of the most profound things for me off the back of that was that mm. it actually, in some situations, established that some people didn't even want to be singing. Right, you know, right. it was unbelievable. Right. Like yeah. opening out the world of of um, what do okay, this is my life, yeah. and it's so superficial to begin with. Like, oh no, this thing looks cool, but then they step back and think about it, and it's like so right, you know, so, so true. So and that has happened. Yeah, that has happened. Too. So um, definitely something that people can do and and um, to to find themselves. Absolutely. So so you know, in in that last bunch there, we're talking about technique facilitating every expression that you want to push, portray. Absolutely, absolutely. And I then think the hard work needs to be, you know, it's a physical thing, you know, and <clears throat> the body, you know, like any dancer, any sportsman, you know, the body needs to be at a place where it can just go, there you go, mate, off you go, do your thing. And that's what we're working towards. We're working towards the body being able to go, yes, I'm your body, but... I'm just going to step out of the way so that you can go bang and just release yourself. So I do believe, Steve, that mistakes are so important, you know, especially in the right environment. They have to be in the right environment. There's an environment, there's a, there's a time to make mistakes and there's a time not to make mistakes, you know. And, and, and the time for that is when you're with your teacher or when you're training and when you're working hard, make all the mistakes you want. The minute you get out on stage, the kinds of mistakes will be experiential, the things that you're facing for the first time and you don't know much about and you're, you're kind of learning on the job. That's okay. Like, accept that. But it, it shouldn't be the type of mistakes which uh, are, are kind of akin to, you know, starting singing or technique or, sure. you know, those really big things that we come to a teacher for in the first place. Like those should be sorted before you get there, you know. And yeah. it's that you know something Beyonce said that I really, to this day, hold. You know, that she was asked if she ever gets nervous. She was just like, "Yeah, I get the sweaty palms, I get the shaky legs, I get the butterflies in my stomach." And I was like, "But this is Beyonce talking." It's like, "Wow, okay, she gets nervous, right? Okay." She goes like, "I'm, I'm afraid that I might make a mistake," you know. But she goes, but when I step out on stage, I think about and I remember all the practice sessions and how I've nailed what I have to do on stage already. So all I'm doing is just, I'm just going to show people how hard I've been working. And that's, that's her mindset. Awesome. Yes. And I love that. That principle of self-efficacy, the, you know, the, the understanding that you, you have the ability to do what you're just about to do. And that's, that's exactly, right. exactly what she's got. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and in terms of confidence, I know, I know that I struggled for a long time because of, I did my mistakes the wrong way round. <laughs> in fact, I, and it wasn't, you know, it's just that I was in situations where I just had to go on stage whether I knew it or not. Yeah. yeah I, I just didn't it. have a choice. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I was getting out there and I hadn't ever nailed it. Sure. And so just relying on... The good days and the bad roulette, alcohol, alcohol, alcohol would help a little bit. Yeah, but you know what, Chris? That's like I said, it's experiential, so that's okay. 
That's absolutely fine. Like you had, you didn't have that opportunity or that idea or that knowledge to be able to fix it in the first place. You had to learn on the job. That's cool. Yeah, I I do think seriously, and I do think that I don't think I've had a lot of performance experiences since since then. As someone who Mm. then feels like they've nailed it in the practice room, you know. And right. and there's not really a situation I've got out on stage in the last five years where I've really, really felt like I've crapped myself. Mm. Just sure. because nothing could have been worse than what I'd had five years before that. Got you, man. Nothing That's could make me more scared than that. And so I'm out there going, God. And even when I screwed it up, it was good enough yeah, for yeah. what it needed to be. <laughs> and so, yeah. so uh, you know, when I'm getting out there, I'm thinking, right, I've nailed it. This is... Oh, this is this is more than good enough. I can do this when I've got a cold. I can do this yeah. when I'm when yeah. I'm feeling like crap. It's like there's nothing quite like that feeling, is there? Of I've wrecked it. That that was all. Yeah. You know, that was yeah. that that note or that line or that yeah. whatever. Well, I remember though that feeling. Totally, when, yeah. totally, nothing like it at all. Yeah, and that, and that definitely correlated with not knowing what I was doing. <laughs> hundred percent. Right. You know what? You know what as well, Josh. We used to we used to do shows in a choir, and there used to be two a year. Yeah. Um, one of which was filmed at Christmas. <laughs> right. So you know you've right. got one shot oh, every man. year when you're like <laughs> when you're like 18 or something. You've got one shot. It's yeah, being yeah, filmed. Yeah. Everyone goes in the hometown, oh, and that one shot you get a psychosomatic induced cold, oh, no. and then you completely ruin it. And then then um, the DVD <laughs> is immortalised forever for exactly. you to be reminded of all your mistakes. <laughs> so and you never watch them again. People don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the thing is, that's kind of underpinned. Well, it's outlined how how technique underpins everything in in singing. What about style, then, Josh? What's the deal with style, and how do we discover it? Man, that's that's that's. I think that's going to be a never-ending question. That one. I think I think you have to kind of look at what style means. First of all, I think people have lots of different ideas of of what style is. So, you know, vocal style to some people is riffing all the time. Uh, vocal style to some people is nuances, vocal style to some people is just them being themselves like everybody has these different ideas of it and I think you know if you think about it in terms of clothes you know if I if I put a certain type of clothes on that I, I do that based on how I'm feeling so if I'm picking you know, illuminous green on the top and I wear trousers that are yellow and I feel pretty bright and I like what I'm wearing, I do that based on how I feel. If I'm picking a a darker colour like black and black, I'm also doing that based on how I feel. So I think style essentially is the insides being manifest on the outside. That that for me is what style is. So when it comes to, to singing, I think the first thing that's really important for people to start to engage it is they need to kind of have uh, a sense of who they are at that moment. We're always changing anyway, so you're never going to fully know who you are ever. You know, when you're 60, you're going to have changed massively. When, you know, now we're going to be, you know, we think we've reached this place where we know ourselves. In a couple of years, you're going to be like, man, who, that, who was that guy? <laughs> you know, it's just, the way, it's just the way we grow and the way we evolve. And I think that the first thing is know who you are or have a sense of who you are at this time. What makes you tick? What doesn't make you tick? What your thoughts are? What your manifesto is? What your passion is? What you're, you, know, you, you get happy about? What pisses you off? All those different 
ideas and opinions form how you're going to sing, you know. And and I think from there, um, it, it's about just trying to understand how you're going to express those different ideas or thoughts with your vocal instrument. And I think that's the bit that people miss when it comes to style. Like, mm. if I was to watch somebody, like, physically, I would be able to see them express themselves with their face or with their body. And so I'll go, oh, yeah, he's, he's doing something that's sad or, oh, yeah, he's happy now because the face is so expressive. But let's just say I couldn't see you. I was blind. I want to en enjoy your show just as much as anyone who can see it is enjoying the show. But my visual senses have been cut off. How do I know that you're expressing that sadness? Or how do I know that you're expressing... How do I get that feeling where you are touched by the music? And I believe it's knowing how to play that vocal instrument. Knowing how... You know, composers have been doing this for centuries. And they literally write it into the music. So you'll be playing... A composer will be playing, and then there will be this thing called a diminuendo. And they will follow that accidental, they will follow that, because it denotes a particular feeling and emotion that they wanted to come across in the music. So they wrote these things in. So if you think about it like that, it's been done for so long. They're not just getting on that piano and just bashing away. There's a certain touch, there's a certain feel at certain points in the music that are deliberate actions in order to make people feel something. So if you can take that same idea and apply it to the vocals, that we're doing deliberate things in order to invoke certain emotions from people, then I think that's when you start to carve your own lane in terms of vocal style. Awesome. But you, you, you have to have an idea of what's available to you. It's almost like a repertoire. the tools that are available to you. Yeah. That's it. So on that note, though, Josh, what do you feel about the kind of unexplained, the unexplained style and the, and the, the this, um, without going too deep into it. <laughs> uh, go deep, man, go. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of things in this world that we, that we explain and that are um, perceived truths about yes. the way that we are and what we do to get to a certain point. And now, just for example, in the singing room, I've said to certain people, think about something. Think, think about this story of this song. And something is produced in that vocal that you cannot explain. Gotcha. Um, and you just can't... I don't know what, where it came from. It came out of that yeah. human being and it created this energy yeah. that was unexplained, right? So, so you can't articulate exactly. the, the exact vocal style that that is, but you just yeah. it just taps into your mind. Yeah, so, so. Where, how much of that is involved in what you're talking about? Is there like a ratio between the repertoire of tools that you use to create style over this unexplained style or unique sound that comes out yeah. when things are in place. You know, funny you say that. Yeah, what do you think? I think uh, extending from that, obviously, this is like slightly scientific, but it makes sense, is yeah. that the unexplained is the makeup of someone's vocal tracks. Sure. You know, sure, it's, okay. it's, like, it's like that's the tone of someone's yeah. voice. It's the yeah. two resonances combined that actually sound a certain way that I think I sound quite lyric. And you sound quite bright, and I think we could probably evoke different emotions just from the way we're set up as a default Absolutely. with our vocal tracks. So yeah, yeah that, that that for me kind of partly, partly explains what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, what, yeah. what are your thoughts, Josh? 
I think that's so true and there's so much you can go into with what that statement alone, Chris. I think the other side to it is that everybody has a certain amount of what I like to call intuition. It's, it's just there. It sits there in every single person. It's just, call it a gift, call it a talent, call it just something that is intuitive. You just feel it and you go with it. And you're, like you said, your body or your tract is going to adjust and is going to manipulate itself anyway to a degree to facilitate these forms of expression. And so I think there's a huge amount of intuition that's involved. I, I, I think that what, what we've got here is you, you, have a, a, you have a group of people that get to a point where that intuition is slightly, you know, dead, if you like. They're not, it's not really been used. It's not really been, uh, it's not been used. And so what, what I feel with what I've done with my book and with, with everything I do with style is I'm actually just helping to light up that intuition a bit. I'm actually helping to just wake it up because essentially it's in every single person. It comes from the place of intention. The minute you have the right intention, I mean, th there are people that do things stylistically and I, I have a whole list of nuances that I think, you know, I could impose on them. And then before I knew what, they were already doing it. But they don't know what it is. It's just that, you know, if, if you could teach them what it is they're doing, they'd have a little bit more intelligence about what they do but they're doing it intuitively, you know. So sometimes I think it's just about helping people to understand what it is they're doing anyway so that they can, they can go, oh, well, actually, I can just make some, in, some choices but more, more deliberate and more intelligent about how I make those choices. So actually you're, you're freeing that creativity even more so because you're realizing that actually this, this, this and this actually brings a reaction from someone, you know, and, 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 and that, it gets as simple as that for me. I don't think it needs to be very complicated. And then some people have it. Some people are in the middle where they're, they're just trying to discover it. They need some help and some people don't. It's, it's great. It's just like triggers, really. That's what you're talking about there. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Great awesome. stuff. So, yeah, that's great, man. So, so look, looking at one of the final essentials for today's artist. So we've looked at vocal technique and how to approach that. We've looked at how style relates and how it speaks to people. But talk to us about how you feel someone's work ethic needs to balance out in, in this industry. How do they need to approach it just from organization or how they approach day-to-day -day training, anything like that? That's a really good one, and I think it, it boils down to, you know, what we've already been talking about. It's, it's, you know, for me, it's passion. You know, any anything that you do comes from an inner place. You know, you don't just sort of wake up and go, "I'm going to be a policeman." Just, I'm just going to be that. You, it, you would have thought about it. You would have pondered it, you weighed it up, you live with it for a bit and then you kind of make a decision. So I think I think your passion should drive your work ethic, you know, and as opposed to your fear of of what people are going to think of you or, 
you know, your the, the, the unrealistic or heavy expectations some people place on themselves. Don't let that be something that drives your work ethic because you'll burn yourself out at some point. You know, if you're going to do it from the fear of man perspective, you're going to burn yourself out because you can't please everyone. Mm. And that so does go might... back to what you said about vocal technique, doesn't it? In that, in exactly. that, it doesn't necessarily work well if you're trying to be good because you want someone else to think you're awesome. No, no, just do it for you. Do it because you love it. Do it because you love you. Do it because it expresses who you are. You know, and everyone, and, and people are going to love it or hate it. It's that simple. They're not always going to like it, but that's okay. You know, and and I just believe that you know the work ethic should be driven by your passion. Your your passion then ignites a vision. That vision is then followed by action. So that that's where the work ethic is. It's it's that passion, vision combined, and then you act on it. The minute that action is put in place, you then start to impact people. The minute you're impacting people, you're creating meaning in people's lives. The minute you're creating meaning in people's lives, they want to spend money. Yeah, I thought you were never going to say that bit. I thought you were going to stay. <laughs> I thought you were going to stay a bit more ethical on that one, but no. <laughs> but it's true. Like if if someone really loves what you're doing and wants a piece of you, they are committed to spending their lifeline. You know, money is our lifeline. It's blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. You're not going to give that away unless something is really important to you and it means it has value to you. Yeah. Money is value, man. You know, and, and we place a lot of value on that. So, so you know, that that's my that's my that's how I live. You know, I I, I don't do anything unless I'm passionate about it because um, I've done stuff that I'm not passionate about in the past and it's ended in disaster. True. You know, and it's not enough to just have a passion. I need to kind of have it fixed in my head as to where I'm going. I need to have a direction here for myself. Otherwise, I'm I'm not going to be able to actually, you know, skillfully and smartly and intelligently do the right things in order to get me there. Yeah, right. Do you know what? Funny I, enough, funny enough, I, I just realized after hearing you speak about all those points... That that's what you meant by P V A I M M. So I'm just halfway through when you said meaning. You said meaning. I was like, that's what a coincidence. What is he? Yeah. What is that? What's that mnemonic? Oh, oh, sorry. You meant to do that. Oh, so so yeah. You meant you mentioned talking about P V A I M M, and that is. Can you read them passion. out again? Yes. Passion, vision, action, impact, meaning, money. I might have to type that down. <laughs> I'll do that after the I call. I'll, I'll do that after it. the call. So, but I'll put that on the blog post. But yeah, that that would be something really valuable for people to write down. Yeah, it's just a principle, you know. I think if you if you look at that principle and and try and apply that P V A I M M to yourself, I think when you look back in two or three years' time, you will see significant progression because every day is working to something you're absolutely in love with. Yeah. You know, and, and, and as artists, particularly as creative people, we really need that. You know, have you heard that, that you know, you know what it's like if we're stuck in a, an office job sitting on, you know what it does to us guys, you yeah. know, it kills us. 
you know. But if you're passionate about office stuff, bam, good for you. Mm. If you're cracking at filing and you really mm. like it, then exactly. who am I to judge? Yeah. <laughs> and you can uh, you can create some impact with that, then crack on. If you can exactly. benefit if you can benefit someone else's life from an organised. Draw. There you go. <laughs> <Organized> draw. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, but that comes all the way back to there, Josh, doesn't it? This question at the start of maybe the first singing lesson anybody has, or the first time they step out, is like, "Am I really passionate about it?" And because right. that's going to dictate the the following one, which is creating not creating the vision, but finding the vision that then you can take action on. And I yes. think that's that is one of the most important things from from actually this today is establishing that. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, for people to really understand why am I doing that and I'll tell you I'll be completely honest with you there are, pe- there are people that are um, in some of the colleges that I've taught at where it's just what are you doing here right like right. actually what are you doing here well because then the work ethic's gone you know they yeah. don't want to they don't want to work on it because it's not coming from the right intentions not coming from the right place and you know I'm, I'm now 37 and I'm I've only just learned this stuff do you know what I mean I think it's it's so hard when you're younger to actually come to that place because it, I, I don't, you know, unless you have a really significant mentor that is, you know, clued up like that, that can guide you. It's so difficult to find that stuff for you. So I had no idea what I was passionate about. Well, maybe I did, but, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, people were saying, oh, you should sing, 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 and record a record and do that and do this because that's what singers do. But actually, that wasn't really what I was passionate about. I didn't really know that I was passionate about teaching until I taught someone. And then I realized that all this stuff came out of me and I found this this sensation and this feeling that I identified as the same kind of feeling that I saw passionate singers when they come off stage, the same feeling that they had, I was having in a completely different area of music. And I was like, man, like a bit confused, like, geez, but well, what am I going to do? Like, how do I get there? And, and then, you know, I think the minute that starts to happen, the vision starts to form because I realize what I'm passionate about. And then, you know, and I believe this is, this is a bit of an esoteric one, but I really do believe that when you actually have put your vision in place and you've created it, Certain things just open up for you and just come in line. I'm a, I believe that man. Like I, I, I've been thinking about this book for so long, and just thinking like, well, how am I going to earn a bit more money, or how am I going to get to this place in career, or how am I going to get, how am I going to get there? And it would never, ever, ever have materialized had I not finished the book. The minute I finished the book. The doors that open, I'm now heading to Korea because it because I finished it. Do you see what I'm saying? So sometimes you sometimes there's a there's a force, a creative force that will just align things and put things in your path at the right time. But you have to have gone through creating that passion or finding that passion, getting that vision together, and actually working towards it. And those things will come into place. It might be a person. They might see you doing something and, and wow, okay, look, I know somebody that can help you. And bam, that's your door. Do you know, I love that you said that, Josh. You know, the law of attraction is a controversial one. Whatever you want yeah. to call it. Whatever you want to call it. 
But yeah. from experience, as you just said yourself, exactly. I can say exactly the same thing. If you apply yourself um, yes. to, the, to your goal and the vision that you have, things will just come. They will right. just come. 100%. And I, and I know you can say it. You just said it. I'm sure you can say it as well, Chris, right? Yeah, you just got to stay true to it. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think it. it's, it's an incredible... Uh, it's an incredible... Another unexplained thing. Yeah, but... It is very unexplained, yes. Absolutely. Right. And the result, you know, as we all, as we all say, and, and the, the, uh, the advice to people, people looking at careers in, mu- in music, it needs to end with an income, right? Mm. It needs to end yeah. with an income. And yeah. uh, when doors open like that, when, when you put the passion and the vision in place and doors open, quite often those doors are relating to income. Yes, but you, but they're not how you you don't go for the doors. They're incidental. No. They come later, and that's where exactly. that's where the passion and comes they in. Only, they only come when you're ready, man. You yeah. know, they only come when you're ready. Like, and I, and, you know, I I love the the quote. I think it was Oprah that said, you know, success is when opportunity meets hard work. Mm. Mm. Love that. Mm. So I, I remember when I got my first show. You know. I, I was working, you know, doing the study, doing the teaching, making sure that I was up to date with certain things, and I got the opportunity to audition for a TV show, Whoa! and bam, got it, you know, and had I not been ready, you know, I wasn't doing the stuff going, I'm going to get a TV show at some point, I know it, <laughs> I wasn't thinking that, I was just doing it to, to be ready, to be the best I can be. Yeah. And when it came along, it was just like, well, I've done it in practice, so I'm just going to show them how hard I've been working. Yeah, yeah. And then that was it, done. And even if it doesn't happen, that's cool. You're still ready for something else. Something else will come along. You just see that door, go for that audition, go for that opportunity, whatever it is. Yeah, and you never know. You never know. Some of those opportunities that present themselves might be so tenuous yeah, they might be yeah. so shrouded in in something else that you never exactly. realised that was the door you should have walked through. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that can that can so happen. Cheap. So, so thanks, Josh. That was amazing. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's coming up for you? I know, I know. In in August, I think is it the eighth of August? Eighth to the fourteenth. Yes. Um, I, I basically created a, 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 a sort of music retreat, a seven day. Uh, eat, sleep, drink, music all day long Um, and it's in the areas of singing, songwriting and music production so for me those are the areas that I feel or that my team felt um, that are really important for artists today you know in terms of being able to uh, have a vision, create their own content you know be in control of their own intellectual property and and find routes and avenues to market for their own ideas as opposed to being in a situation where you you don't know how to create those ideas or formulate those ideas and other people are trying to impose their own ideas onto your product how many of you know us have gone into the studio done a session where you you kind of thought it was going to go a certain way and it come out totally different yeah. and you're not happy with it and you spent money and you're just like, man, I don't like the product. The producer just took over. I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't really know much about production. I kind of sing a little bit. I didn't really know about writing and they just took over. And you come up with a product you're not happy with. So for, for, it's geared towards independent artists being able to be secure in those three environments. 
instruments, singing, songwriting, and production, even if you don't want to produce, to have an understanding of the sounds and the, the mechanics involved and the, you know, the, 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 the methods involved is a good idea so that you can tell someone, well, actually, no, I don't really feel that. I want to go this way. You know, so we created Ultimate Artists for that purpose um, so that people can just kind of, you know, get, get to that point where, you know, they know what they want and, and they, they know be, how to produce yeah. what they want and they know how to direct it. So for people listening, Josh, what kind of level, uh, if, if, if somebody sat out there now thinking, I do a bit of songwriting on my own, I've never really spoken to anybody about it, is this something mm. for them? or is Definitely, it- yes. Well, the way we've organized it, we've organized it in a 360-degree rotating format. So we have different groups. Um, we've got the songwriting, production, and the singing going on in three different rooms at the same time. So we put people into groups that we feel are, you know, there's a whole questionnaire that they've got to fill out for us. And depending on what level they feel they're at, they get put into that group. Right. So they're with peers on their level. Right. And they all progress together through the seven days at their level. So we're appealing to people who are quite advanced. You know, my friend Ali is a hit songwriter and works with the best. You know, he wrote for Jesse J and Sam Smith and all kinds of people. Um, and, and uh, you know, myself and a few others will take the singing side of things. And I have an awesome uh, teacher by the name of Eva Brandt who is sorting out the whole production side, and she's great at production. She, she's a female producer, which is great for the ladies, you know. So, um, and you know, the guys. There's, there's a, <laughs> <laughs> She is kind of hot, I, I must say. She is kind of nice. Um, so, so if nothing else, guys, sign up for that. <laughs> sign up for the view. <laughs> You're never going to be lost. You're always going to find, you know, that we're quite inclusive and we try to reach you where you are at. Awesome. And, and just, just so people know as well, you know, those singing, songwriting, and production um, are the broad areas, but from from looking at the agenda of Ultimate Artists, you have... Things like theory workshops, uh, yes. you even have a loop machine workshop, um, right, yeah. performance, uh, music expression, working That's with right. bands, That's right. production techniques, singing techniques and lessons, right. style, That's music, right. business, bosh, the did, whole lot. Did you remember all of that? I, I, I did not read that. I didn't sound like I read it, did I? <laughs> I gave it expression and a bit of style as well. So. And you used certain nuances there, which was really good. You had a vision, man. That was great. I did, and I wasn't, I wasn't worried about the money either. <laughs> Should have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> oh, and you know what, guys? I must say, I have to say this, that it's an absolute honour, not only to just know you both, but to see what you are doing with this new medium, this platform that you have created through passion, through vision and action, I'm absolutely stoked because you guys are you are awesome. You are excellent at what you do. You're fantastic singers, fantastic teachers and people. And I'm just seriously, seriously honoured to be a part of you guys and anything that you guys do, I think is amazing. So, so just like congratulations to you for this amazing podcast. It's helping a lot of people. It's people that I didn't know was listening to this that are listening to it. You know, awesome. and man, just credit to you and my hats off to you. And I wish you all the success 
in the world. Make sure you have a product because you guys are doing something incredible right now, man. It's awesome. Wow. I wish I'd thought of it. Thank you, Josh. That is one hell of a compliment, and uh, we love Brilliant. we love you for that. Um, Thank you. Just just so people know as well, if if anybody wants to sign up to um, Ultimate Artists and or find out more about you and what you yep. do as a coach or your media, um, yep. how can they go and do both of those things? Ultimate Artist, uh, they can find us on ultimateartists.org, and that's artists in the plural form, um, and they can sign up there or they can get in touch with us via the uh, envelope on that website, and we will get back in touch with them. We have a great administrative team. Uh, to find out more about me, you can hit joshuaalamu.com. That's my own website, and it kind of talks a bit about what I do. And you can find my products on madaboutthevoice.com. Awesome. And there is so much to choose from on there, and more to come with your books, presumably. Definitely, definitely. I'm really excited about that. I'm finishing off uh, book two of Mad About Vocal Star. I've got about three more to do after that. And then I head into Riffs and Runs straight after that. Awesome. Which is going to be insane. I've got some crazy singers joining me on that one that are just going to blow your pants off. <laughs> <laughs> and my pants are ready to be blown off. <laughs> I'm you that. that sounds so bad, like I've got bad stomach. <laughs> on the rest- By the way, Josh, how is, I'm, I'm just intrigued to know, how is the high D coming on? I saw that video you posted on Facebook a few weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that Which is insane. One? It's insane. You... Oh, the high. Oh, oh, the high D has now gone to E fl- E flat now. Woo! Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, that that's I'm really happy about the way. It's just daily. Pre- I'm just caning it, man. I'll tell you the secret to that. Go on. And I'm actually putting this together in a Joshua's Extreme Vocal Workout CD. Um, mm. I'm basically going chromatically. From F fork, yep, on a, on a wide vowel ah, and belting it as hard as I can. You have to have a certain level of technique to be able to do that accurately, of course. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> I've got, vi- yeah. got vision. Disclaimer, <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> Get me a solicitor now. <laughs> exactly, man. Where's Dave Stroud when you need him? You know what I'm saying, yeah. but that that high D is 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 nothing. It's it's a piece of cake now. So I'm constantly finding new challenges mm. for what this instrument can do because, mate, eight nine years ago I couldn't do any of it. Yeah, I really couldn't do any of it. So I'm really enjoying the fact that if I hear something, I can actually do it and go and do it. So yeah, high D is is now high E flat. Well, good for you, man. I'll tell you what, that's E flat six. E flat six, bruv. Boom! Booyah! You're, you're basically Mariah Carey. Uh, I'll t- <laughs> Minus <laughs> an octave. <laughs> yeah. Bless her heart. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that is a one, one heck of a feature, though, I reckon. That would, and we probably shouldn't promote it, but if we got what? people to send in videos of them doing, as Josh said, belting an air and then spitting out the blood. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome! What a, what a video! Let's see what happens. But, um, but Josh, we, we hope to um, we hope to have you on again in the future with something more um, stylistically based. Maybe some singing. We talked about sitting on a couch and doing that, which would be quite cool. Um, maybe in video format. So if you would join us again, we would be, oh, be um, nice. absolutely honoured again. 
it would be absolutely be my honor, man. I'd love to do it. Great love stuff. To. I can't wait. Okay. Well, I urge you. Um, for having me. No worries, man. Thank you for coming on. We urge urge everyone to go and check out Josh's stuff. Go and look at the Ultimate Artists if you're if you're interested in uh, pursuing that avenue of your career. But but for now, from me, thank you, Josh. Yeah, Steve. Thanks so much for your time, Josh. We really thank appreciate you, Steve. it. Thank you, thank Chris. You, buddy. Really appreciate you guys. I value you guys highly. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Nothing to be said. It's all it's all been said, isn't it? Well done, Josh. Not only was it incredible, we've, we were going to keep this very short because I think it's probably pushing an hour and a half, this one, which is a record. Because <laughs> when people see how many, how many minutes is on the actual, you know, not, the, you know the file, you see podcast 17. I'm not listening to One that. semicolon 32, you just think, oh, bugger Unless that. I'm going to Manchester. <laughs> I'm not listening to that. No point. <laughs> Manchester from where? That's the point though, isn't it? Good. Manchester I mean, from I'm, Warrington. Salisbury. No point. Sorry. Thank you. Being a bit pedantic there, aren't I? Right. All right. Let's move on. Um, so next time we have no idea. Not a clue. See what happens. Someone's going to turn up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but There we, is a structure to this somewhere. There is. We, have, we do have a recording somewhere to release. But however, um, uh, by the way, go and check out icingmag.com. Uh, our new article on vocal stamina is in there and it's full of stuff as well as the rest of the magazine. Look at the mail, sign up, whether it's on our Facebook or in the show notes, sign up because you're going to have a chance to win Josh's book. We'll see, look forward to seeing everyone in America next week. Absolutely. And if we can help with anything going down the line, just get on our Facebook page, forward forward slash TNV, TNV questions, um, and uh, ask us anything, send us anything, doesn't matter. Have a beautiful couple of weeks, and we'll see you when we get back. Bye.